Good morning, Hartley. How's it going? Good morning. Well, it's afternoon for me. Oh, yeah, that's right. What time is it? It's 10.43, so it's what, like 3 for you? 2.43? Uh, coming up to 4. Oh, 4. 3, 4. Okay. Are you 5 hours or 4 hours? Because we changed. 5 hours, but okay. not recently. Recently, it was only 4. I have, to, I have to work around all these things. This is the issue of working for an American Sound, company. Sounds like a nightmare. But uh, you know what's not a nightmare? these transitions and also Apple Music Classical. It's a pleasant surprise. It launched this week. We finally got it. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I liked it. It actually made me listen to classical music for a while. What about you? Any any thoughts? Do you get it? Did you guys get it? Uh, yeah. I okay, just found it, it weirdly underwhelming. Really? Um, Why? Because I thought that I thought it looked really good. That's that's yeah. the first thing I would say. Um, yeah. It was a really nice uh, design, but I was just a bit confused by the way in which it was enabling me to go through my existing library. It seems to give you a really good experience if you want to explore new classical music, but if you want to just look through and sort of curate your existing library, it basically doesn't let you do that. It lets you see a list of songs, but I can't see a list of albums. And I can only favorite artists. I can only favorite albums. I can't actually add them to a library. And so this whole system was, I found it really confusing and not very helpful because I've got quite a lot of classical music in my library. I was gonna so say, this, this I didn't should have, help me. I don't have any. So that's, I started off with like nothing in there. Um, I don't particularly like go out of my way to listen to classical music. I enjoy it, but... Uh, this app made me do that just well because I was messing around with it, but also like, I don't know. I, there's something about it being, and I was one of those people who absolutely did not understand why Apple made a separate app, but after using it, I, I completely understand why. And then, uh, Apple actually like commented on it. Cause I think a lot of people were like, why do we need a separate app? So they finally like released a whole support document. Cause there were so many questions behind it. It's also funny if you Google search Apple Music Classical, it's uh, like one of the autofill, like auto-populated responses is why do we need a separate app for Apple Music Classical? <laughs> so uh, they answered that. And uh, I'll just read the short answer, which was classical music is different. It has longer and more detailed titles, multiple artists for each work, and hundreds of recordings of well-known pieces. The Apple Music Classical app is designed to support the complex data structure of classical music. And yeah, there's like a bajillion different people who recorded the same song. And there's so many different versions from even the same orchestras or same artists, um, you know, of a certain composer. So like, it's easy to get completely lost in trying to find something. Um, I don't know. I thought it was nice, though. I think it's a nice to have. And it's really nice to see Apple... Uh, investing in its music apps. I mean, it certainly needs to does that. It certainly needs to do that with um, uh, with the main Apple Music app. And I was actually pleasantly surprised by iOS sixteen point four, um, which also released this week, which brought some nice improvements to the main music app. Um, just sort of things like uh, when you add a song to Up Next, it now doesn't take up the entire screen to let you know that it's it's doing that. It's now a smaller pop up. Uh, podcast um, playlist navigation, which I've complained to you about before. Yeah, uh, they haven't actually improved uh, your system of nesting folders and navigation, but what they have done is they've made the artwork smaller, which 
makes you able to see a lot more on the display at any given time. So overall, I think it's just a nice, it's a nice push in that direction. But I am just a little bit confused about Apple Classical, but I'm not confused for for the reasons you just said. I understand why the app is needed. I suppose I just don't understand why it's not on the iPad, why it's not on the well, Mac. Yeah. And why it's not not why it doesn't play with your existing library very well. I feel like the Mac app maybe would be a little bit later, but I also wouldn't be very surprised if both the iPad and the Mac app just come with iPad OS 17 and Mac OS 14. I don't know why. It just feels very Apple of them to like, okay, we need a little bit more time, but we'll announce it at the at WWDC and be like, oh, but it is coming. We just launched it. It's great. People love it. Uh, but it'll be there. Don't worry. And then it'll be one of those features where if they're still not ready for it, it'll just like come eventually. You know how they do that? There's like a handful of features that like get announced with the latest, but it doesn't come out until way later, which I still don't understand. Like an iPad app could not possibly be that much different than the Well, they should be built app. on the same, yeah, on and the even, same fundamental framework. And even and the same thing with Apple macOS. Yes, well, it, it, Apple likes to say every WWDC, and especially with the push that we've had in recent years with Catalyst apps and push, uh, pushing development across platforms, it's bizarre for Apple to release a music app singularly for the iPhone when all of these features that you're touting, like spatial audio, um, like this custom artwork, there is no reason why that shouldn't be on the iPad. If anything, it should be. The iPad is a is a really good um, experience in terms of discovering new music. And you can see that um, custom-made artwork that they've had made um, on, on just a larger display. So it's, it's really odd to me. Um, there's something about it that I do find strange. I, I don't. It's not, it's not the fact that they've done it. I just don't understand the execution of it. Um, and, just, and even then, I sort of wonder about having an entirely separate app. Why, why isn't it any, a mode in Apple Music itself? I feel like that would be a lot harder than just making an entirely different app. I don't know. It just, I wonder if they worry about it getting lost with the other music. Like Then you'd have to have two entirely different search engines in one app. Uh, because that was kind of the whole deal was like trying to find songs and all of the data that's with it and all of the different recordings and the different artists and the orchestras and all of that that do the same song. I feel like searching for that in the search tab mixed in with Apple Music would be a complete nightmare. But then it should be able to have a heading in search that only presents classical music. I mean, I'm and not I a developer, like so the- I don't know how hard it would be to do all of that. But well- I suppose, I suppose my point is that um, I think that to sort of, I think this is papering over the cracks a little bit of the issues with Apple Music itself, because it's not only classical music where you get multiple versions of the same song. I mean, take, a, take, a, take any um, particularly famous song, um, there will be dozens of recordings on Apple Music for that, because there will be any number of covers um, and there'll sure. be instrumental versions. And so that functionality makes sense to build in anyway. I should be able to tap through and see other versions of an existing song. So I sort of feel like it's just a, it's just a little bit weird. The whole yeah. strategy with it is a bit odd. And I'm really pleased that they're doing it because I really love to see Apple Music being built upon. And I'm so invested in Apple Music at this point. I just want the whole thing to be better. And I will use Apple Classical, if only for discovery, because I don't particularly like how it's playing with my library at the moment. 
but I just think that that main Apple Music app needs to be better. I don't want them to spend the time developing a whole separate Apple Classical app for the Mac. They need to just make a better Mac app. Hey guys, just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you that this episode of The Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, getting to know yourself, like truly getting to know who you are as a person on the inside can really be a lifelong process, especially since we are all hopefully growing and changing as people over time. I am personally a huge fan of what therapy can do for us, and sometimes just talking things out with other people can really help us get to know ourselves better and help figure out what it is we might want. And if you're considering therapy, I would highly recommend giving BetterHelp a try. It's incredibly convenient since it's done entirely online, and it's also affordable. You can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you want to, you can switch therapists anytime you want at no additional charge. As I said before, I'm a pretty big fan of therapy and the benefits that it can bring you in the long run. I feel like everyone just needs an objective person in their lives to talk to and just kind of help get those feelings out to someone who is a trained professional and can definitely point you in the right direction or give you the right advice that you might need. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MacRumors today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MacRumors. The weird thing to me is that there's no way to subscribe just to this. Like, you have to have an Apple Music account. And you can't get the voice plan. I know somebody yelled at me on my video saying, why are you saying that we need to have an Apple Music account when other people are reporting that you can just pay $4.99? And I'm like, wait, what? And then I looked into it a little bit more, and I'm thinking that other people might have gotten confused saying like, oh... You could just pay $4.99. That's an Apple Music account with the Siri voice one. And that should give you Apple Music but that's or Apple Music Classical, but that's just not true. Um, you literally need to have an individual, family, or student account. Um, and I mean, like, I understand. I would never, do, like, if it was five, $5 for Apple Music Classical but $9.99 for both, like, why wouldn't you just pay the extra $4 and get... Even if you only like classical music, are you telling me that there's never a world where you'll listen to any other song that's available on Apple Music? I guess then it makes sense for you, but like most people will probably listen to classical music and then also want to be able to listen to other things. And so it just makes sense to get both, but like the fact that they didn't even offer, you know, super hardcore fans the ability to just pay a, a couple of bucks, you know, here and there for Apple Music Classical is a little weird to me. Well, I think that's where the mask slips a little bit, because I think that kind of proves that you can't get a complete experience with the Apple Music Classical app, because take things like radio stations, or even your personal radio station, they are not present in Apple Classical. True. Um, which seems like a, a really, an, again, a really strange, arbitrary decision, um, because if all you listen to is classical music, why can I not listen, even, why can I not listen to Apple Music's own uh, music, classical playlists and classical uh, radio stations. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of playlists that they like curate. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, why they didn't have like the the radio feature built in, but specifically for classical music? I don't know. I and feel like no it's lyrics either, but and yet some classical music obviously does have lyrics. So if you want to have the lyrics true. in real time, lyrics you have but to go like, to the main app. How many of those have, like... Well, like opera. Sure. Are they lumping and, that in? 
I guess in my mind, I don't really lump that in opera and classical music. I mean, like they, they're very similar in like the style, well, but even to me like in my brain, music. I just like distinguish that. Cor- as choral two music, things. it's, you know, there's, sure. there's an enormous amount of classical music um, that, that is choral. Yeah. Um, and you should be able to see the, the words of the choir. If I go on normal Apple music, I can tap lyrics and I get those real-time lyrics. I mean, not yeah. that I'm going to be singing along to it, but it's you. Sometimes you you want to see the lyrics. You want I'll to pay, understand what's I'll being pay, said. I'll pay you if you sing that on the next episode for us. I'll find I'm you an arrangement. Sure there's, there's enough money in the world. <sighs> disappointing. Um, you know what's not disappointing? Again, I'm killing it with these little segues. <laughs> um, remember how sad I was about iOS 17 and like yeah. thinking. And you were super. This is like a switch now. You must be disappointed. Because like, oh, Apple's probably going to focus on bug f- fixes and this isn't going to be like a really large update. Don't expect a bunch of new features. Well, Apple just did a complete flip, uh, allegedly. Uh, according to Mark Gurman, uh, iOS 17 is now considered possibly a larger update than we thought. More significant, uh, I believe, were the exact words. And it's going to provide several of the most requested features. Which is funny because if you look up like this article or any tweet or anything that like talks about this, uh, the most requested feature from everyone commenting were bug fixes. So, uh, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that is the most requested. And then a couple of other things. Are you disappointed or maybe you're like, are you kind of excited? Because I'm excited because bug fixes are boring. Well, I'm always excited to see (laughs) what's new Um, and there will inevitably be bug fixes. I think they know that they can't let it be quite as buggy as iOS 16 has been. Um, it's just a question of what, you know, um, Mark Gurman was very quiet about exactly. Oh, yeah, he gave us no info on that no. whatsoever, which is not his fault, but like it, it is kind of disappointing when you get the headline of like, there's going to be so many requested features, but like what requested features? I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, my requested features might be quite different to your requested features. So well, I, I honestly don't know. Shameless plug, but right before, literally right when you logged on here, Hartley, I just pushed pushed publish uh, on a video surrounding this exact topic. And I did add in a few. You should definitely go back and check out our last episode with our wish list because we did, you know, I thought we did a decent job going through some things. Um, And I went through a couple of the ones that I uh, would like to see. So those were just quickly, uh, if I can remember, split screen, uh, you know, like the multitasking, however you want to talk about, like describe that. So it's funny, in the video I used in a, a a clip from Samsung's Note 3, which I believe was my first ever Samsung device back in like 2012. And there was split screen, like dual apps. That's in, that's so long ago. And it looked and performed amazing in the video. And I'm just like, how do we not have this on giant 6.7 inch iPhone 14 Pro Maxes or the 15 Ultra or whatever they call it? Um, so that was one universal notifications and, uh, God, I can't remember the first thing I said. Oh, interactive widgets. So those are my three. So if you had to pick three briefly, your top three, what would those be? Oh no. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say for me, it would be, uh, spotlight improvements. I would say universal notifications mm-hmm. um, and uh, 
Oh, this is hard. It's hard actually. Just three. Pick um, like a I'm gonna... like a superficial like like design element feature, like along the lines of like lock screen. You know, we got to be able to cut. Like, what what would be like something visually that you'd like changed? Well, I suppose uh, just app navigation and okay. just just the app library. I think that that also needs work. Oh, getting an I think we should get an app library in the dock. Right. Yeah. Like that That's would be amazing. Where it be. Yeah, just like the but iPad. also just it's just I, I, when I try and explain the app library to someone um, <laughs> that that doesn't really understand it or use it, they don't understand why nothing is labeled. They don't understand that to open the folder, you press the four little icons. Um, I think it's it's. Oh, we I mean, I like it. I, I I like it, but it needs to be better. The the folder nesting inside of app library is the most frustrating thing in the world. It is a horrific idea. No offense to the person who came up with it, but don't do that. Don't, don't, I don't like, like the sub, like the little subfolders inside of the folders, you know, like where you have to click the four little icons. I, you know how many times I mess that up? It's, and it, I don't it's know. just confusing. Um, yeah. And I also, what, what drives me crazy about it is when just apps seem to be in the wrong folder. Yeah. As well. I, it should be like Android. Where it's just a scrolling list of like rows of apps. That's it's it's you can it's not get that. that. If you pull down and you get an alphabetized list. But that's but, that's different. That's like that's an alphabetized list vertically. I'm talking about like rows of right. apps, like how they have an app drawer and you swipe up and then there's just like the app icons and it's just it's a little bit faster because like you can I mean, gosh, how many apps you might have on your phone, that list could be quite a bit to like scroll through. When you have one, 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 one. But if you had like a row of five, I don't know. It just seems like a little bit easier to navigate. Well, that's what that I'd way. like to see on the Apple Watch as well. I actually think my mm -hmm. bigger issue is with the alphabetized list on the Apple Watch. It takes ages to get to an app on the it's Apple better Watch. better than the honeycomb grid, though. Well, I don't know. I can never decide. Because if you have something near the center of the honeycomb grid, then you can yeah. get to that quickly. But the I issue guess. is when you've got something on the edges, and by then yeah. your arm's aching because you've held it up for so long. And you have no idea where it is, and you're like, "This is the this is a nightmare." I have no idea where that app could be. Like, it's it could be literally anywhere on this honeycomb grid, and it's gonna take me forever to find it. Um, so, so I'd yeah, say bring I mean, app library to to the Mac, bring it to the Apple Watch, but rethink how it is actually being presented across everything. So, I agree, and I'm excited for iOS 17 and WWDC, which is our main topic and we will get into uh, that in a second because we got some news yesterday about the whole thing. Um, but real quick, a couple of other things to touch on. Um, the Apple Watch blood glucose monitoring being three to seven years away still is a bummer, but that's what German also said uh, over the last week or so. Actually, it was just, it was Sunday he said that. Yep. His power on, every Sunday, he just drops a bunch of info. Uh, so definitely go check out his Power On newsletter. But uh, Apple Watch, that's one of the main things that I've been like waiting for. I, I don't know why. I don't really have a need to check that all the time, but it's still a really cool feature to have. Um, and I know a lot of people who have the need to check that are like dying to get this, uh, assuming that it's accurate and everything. Um, but three to seven years away, it might as well just be an entire lifetime for me. I, I don't have the patience for that. Seven years is a long time. Three years, I think we could three, do. Seven three. years. That's a big gap. <laughs> like three years? All, all right. I think we can, you know, it's fine. Seven years? 
you know how old I'll be at seven in seven years? I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Tell us. I. I don't. My birthday is in two weeks, and I just. Uh, I realized this yesterday, and then I realized how old I was going to be, and I got really sad. But I, I also know. did that thing where you say that in front of somebody who is older than you, and they're like, "Dude, come on," and then you feel bad. But I'll be thirty-four. You didn't how even, old will you be by the time you get? You didn't even you say get. anything. Well, in seven no, years, yeah. then I'll be 41. That's gross. No offense to any 41-year-olds out there, which I think <laughs> my, my brother is 41, so he doesn't listen to this. It's fine. How old will you so, be? 25? Uh, I will be... <laughs> <laughs> no, by the time we get blood glucose monitoring, I will be 31. Shut up. <laughs> so, the worst. All right, anyways. Yeah, I, can't, I can't help you with that one. That, that that there's really not much else to say besides it's it's still a little whiles away. I'm I'm fine with it if there's like a couple of other things, you know, along those lines that come out like at true body temperature, like sensing and reading that would be great. Like if we could just like at will take our temperature, even though there are some some issues behind that that could arise. But you know, and some other things, um, blood pressure would be nice. Like in those time frames, if we get those features. You know, then it doesn't it doesn't feel so bad and so far away. And then uh, the last thing is the OLED MacBook Air, reportedly now in development as Apple plans to bring new display technology to multiple product lines. Basically, let's make everything OLED and let's just call it a day. It's so much better than not having OLED on your devices. Like, it's just, well, some just... people really don't like it. Whenever we whenever we put up one of these stories, oh. some people are always saying. Please, Apple, don't get rid of LCD. Um, some people, it disagrees with them. Why? Um, Why? What is the benefit? I mean, aside from potential burn-in, which I'm guessing that Apple would have that kind of, you know, done right. There's There are already OLED laptops out there. I guess I don't know how bad the burn-in is on some of those. You know, it probably hasn't been long enough for that. Um, but, you know, you're going to be, you need to be a little careful. You can't just like, turn off all of your display management features and uh, have an image just on the whole time, but for hours on end, but, um, and then what brightness? Have you seen those Samsung OLEDs? Those things are incredibly bright. So I feel like if they get the right supplier and, and manufacturer of those displays, it should be fine. Like what, what, what are the benefits of LCD over OLED? Well, I don't. I, I can never quite fully understand this, but I think it's it's partially a a health concern. I don't know if it disagrees with um oh, uh, with some people's vision. I don't know if the, the the contrast of it or it has it has flicker or something that uh, some people can detect in it. Um, well, now I feel bad because I'm just like get get better eyes, man. I'm like, What's wrong with you? I I, did, I I feel very uneducated in that because I did not know that there was a way that like no, OLED I, and LCD could mess with your. It. Yeah. Well, my but apologies that's, that's to you. That's apparently what what some people complain about with it. But uh, Apple's obviously confident enough that they want to get everything over to OLED. Um, and what part of this report was saying was that they are going to be enlisting multiple suppliers to do this um, because that's how big the transition is going to be. They wanted to just use LG, um, yeah, which makes some great OLED displays. Sure. But because LG just can't make enough of them for. No. Uh, both of the iPad Pro models as well as MacBooks. Um, Apple's now enlisting Samsung as well. Which is um, the so, right move. Samsung, yeah. I mean, LG makes incredible uh, OLED TVs. I have a couple of them. They are amazing. 
Uh, but Samsung is also just so good with their display technology. Just so good. And it's kind of annoying because they like, I don't know what they do for their own phones. We've talked about this, but like even their own OLED devices just in a phone looks incredible compared to like, they're almost the same display that you're getting on your iPhone, but they do something differently. Maybe they save the better components for themselves. Maybe they're tuning it differently, uh, but it just looks, I don't know. To me, it looks a lot better on a like a Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra compared to like the iPhone 14 Pro Max, but that's just me. Some people will disagree. Well, that's why we've got to wait, really. Even OLED is a, really an interim in the transition before we get to uh, micro LED, which is Apple's chosen next generation technology that they've been working on for about 10 years at this point. I feel like it's going to be a while. Not even a lot of the other brands have trans. I mean, there are like Samsung definitely has micro LED TVs. I saw those at CES. Well, they're not really TVs, they're just like panels, <laughs> a bunch of panels that they just put into one. But is that micro? Is that micro OLED or micro LED? Oh, that's right. I got those confused. I, I they, always they, get these confused all the time yeah, as well. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. That's micro LED. I don't think I have seen any micro OLED stuff yet. <laughs> I don't think we're there yet. So that's that's what Apple is working on. And they are sort of seeing it as a little bit like the transition to Apple Silicon where they were using Intel um, in the same way that they're currently using a whole load of Samsung displays. And then they're hoping to one-up it with their own custom technology. And this would be custom Apple displays. So we, we should be too, able to see something. This is all too nerdy for me. There's like mini LED, there's micro LED, and then there's micro OLED. That's too many. Well, I think I, I get I get confused with this as well. Um, yeah. And I'm probably already saying the wrong ones for what Apple is working on. But supposedly... This will give Apple the durability and the brightness and the contrast that they want. Um, and it allows the display technology to sit really close to the glass. So in terms of appearance, it apparently looks different to an OLED display because it gives this sort of, they call it like a painted on effect because it looks like it's on top of the glass rather than underneath well, didn't, it. Didn't they do that with like when the iPads transitioned to that kind of glass too? I mean, it was not the same, you know, it wasn't an OLED display or anything. No, they remember just reduced when they, the gap. Yeah, they, they, they reduced, reduced the gap, but they, the they gap described the it in that same way. Yeah, well, this time it would be for real. For, re for real, okay. Say. All right. This time it's for real. Um, well, guess what? <laughs> I got another transition for you. Apple might be saying that this time it's for real with the headset at WWDC, or will they? I don't know. But let's play our favorite game. Apple dropped the, these aren't event invites, but it's still that whole teaser thing where there's an image, but they officially announced WWDC for June 5th through the 9th. Happy anniversary to my wife. Every year, WWDC takes precedent. I am so sorry, but we got married at the wrong time. Uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, June 5th through the 9th. The keynote will be on the 5th, uh, and they released an image with it that is, you know, kind of up for debate. You want to describe it? So it's almost like a rainbow. It's a series of lines that are curved almost like a sunset over a horizon yeah uh, several bands of these these lines Just looks like multiple rainbows lines. on top of each other yeah and it's a black background um so there's a lot of ways you could look into it it looks almost like uh, a lens maybe with the way that the colors are reflecting it looks mm -hmm. a little bit like a silhouette of a headset at the bottom um that's that's what it looks like to me 
um, or it means nothing at all, um, which sometimes it does. Should we call Sam up real quick? Because he'll just yell at me. I, I think this one probably does mean something. I'm inclined to believe it does. I, at this I point. agree. I agree. But also, it could just be nothing. Because like, could be. Here, I, I thought it was a bit generic. If this is the headset reveal, this is a weak invite for a headset reveal. Well, so it's still technically not the invite, correct? Because they'll send out that that hasn't like nobody from media or anything right. has been invited to the but official it will be in this style it will be in this artwork it's yeah uh, it's, i don't know I, I i still would have expected better if this is going to be the the wwdc of ar vr stuff um this gives even less away than the normal but it's not just not giving much away it's it's building no enthusiasm uh as far as i can see compared to normal event invites or normal wwdc uh, it's more of like an announcement image but like yeah that's true well so what were the announcement images last time wasn't it the memojis in the same similar color like rainbowy right wasn't that last year or two years ago last year was i don't even remember the sort of i remember it was like the generic swift icon oh, it was yeah. just but it wasn't the same icon. but it wasn't that also in a different color yeah it's yeah it sort of had like a multicolored oh, no. hue to it well, no, because, okay, so Apple's, like, thumbnail for WWDC 2022 is uh, the one Memoji looking head-on at the MacBook, and it's illuminating its face. Right. And the other Memojis are, like, looking in angles, like, around it. But it's still in that, like, we all thought, oh, different color MacBooks are coming, because it was all the different, you know, right? Wasn't that what, what it was? Uh, and obviously that did not happen. Apple has that, like, rainbow arch in some of its videos, right? At, at, like in the park or in the campus. So like in my mind, the most boring answer was it was just that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, it's going to be at the park again. Uh, but it's still not technically a live event. In my guess, it's not live, right? It looks like they said watch the video. Yeah, they're referring to a video again, which I think yeah. is a shame. It um, really is. Uh they need to get back to it. I mean, I'm not trying to like downplay COVID. It's still very much out there, but I think nowadays it's kind of like, all right, like we can get back into in-person events. Many people have done it. Samsung just did it full in person. Um, you know, CES remarkably went through totally fine. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's, t I think it's time to start bringing it back and they're just more fun. And we've also talked about the selfish reasons of they just go way too fast with these videos. That. But I think they just have less uh, that it, there's they feel to me inauthentic. That's the way I would put it. They're too polished. Um, and I really appreciated the old style of keynote where in order to sell you this device, they just have a guy speaking, whether it's Steve Jobs, whether it's Phil Scheller, they're just telling you they've not got that many sort of fancy graphics or sweeping videos or what you um, didn't like uh craig coming up from the from the ground or going it, it was down fun. Like, it, nah, it was fun while it started but it's just like i'm i'm over it now i'm yeah. over it now i want i want to just go back to the more sort of sophisticated way that phil schiller could just tell me why i wanted to buy this new iphone I'll, just describe it to me with words i will say that it's it's far more like there's there's it's boring in a different way at times. Like 
when they do the MacBook ones and they're talking about the M2 chip and that guy's just going on about different stats that you really don't care about, that gets kind of boring. But like, there's so much information, there's so much happening and there's no dead space of like, oh no, the demo's not working, give us a minute. Um, that like, it's just, it's hard to be bored for longer periods of time, but I don't know. I, I definitely they, miss they the They weirdly old. sort of desensitize you. I know, I know what you're saying. It's like yeah. there is something about them that feels a bit exhausting yeah. um, because they're so fast moving. And it's also because I feel like I'm being sold to a lot more than with a normal event. Um, I, I really feel like when they're telling me about the M2 chip, and this is now the fifth time they have tried to sell me the M2 chip, they really have decided that that's just what they're doing at this segment. Whereas I don't think they would have got away with that yeah. at an in-person event because they would you have been grown. Sit, you could not be sitting through that talking about performance, you know, charts and stuff like that at a live in-person event. It just does it just wouldn't happen. Well, you could if it was the first time you'd heard it, but sure. Sometimes it's just it's just too much. Um, so I don't want to be too down on it because I know that people really love these sort of the more cinematic way that these I mean, pre-recorded events are presented. They look amazing. They they they're really well done. No one's knocking that. I don't know. I just I'm just being an old person where I want to. I just miss I just miss what it was. You know, it's not the same. I miss it. I know. I miss it too. I miss it too. Um, I'm I'm less excited for them watching them like this. Um, I don't it's know. Just, My excitement I, I still gets like, up there. I feel like. They, I feel like what it is, they feel more artificial and more corporate and more sanitized. Um, and in, in doing that, they've kind of lost some of the magic that they had with the events years ago because there was a sense of magic with them. There was a sense of what are they going to reveal? Genuine audience reaction, a genuine element of uncertainty about things that could go wrong. What are they going to say? And they can keep it under wraps um, a lot better as well because ultimately it's literally just a keynote presentation um, with some pre-recorded videos it's not got the same production value and they're not relying on the gimmicks it's just spoken word it's just um it's just someone telling you the features and so to have that be engaging they have to be so much more selective with the language they can't rely on we know we've got your attention for an hour and a half they have to really exercise their marketing chops with it i also thought like they were making such a big deal out of this headset and maybe it's rightfully so, but like, man, we've been talking about it for forever and it's like, we've been, we've been hyping it up too because it's a new product and all that. And wasn't there many reports about like Apple wants to show this in a room full of people. So like, this is why it's not ready, which is probably not true. It just isn't ready in general, but like, I don't know. This seems kind of anticlimactic to do it on video in front of nobody. I mean, there's going to be some people there if they do it like they did last year, but I still feel like it's not going to have the same effect, but I could be wrong. Have you seen the latest report that we had earlier today? It was quite early this morning. Um, no, I missed so it. I don't know Fill if, me in. if you have. So yeah, this was a big one. Um, so this was Apple analyst uh, Ming-Chi Kuo, who is, uh, got a, he's got a great track record. Um, he gives us a lot of the insights that we have into Apple's world. And he said that it might not be coming at WWDC. Oh, boy. Well, that just his, changes everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he explains that the reason for this is because Apple has pushed back mass production by two months. So it's not going to hit mass production until late in the third quarter, which is... Uh, what is that? But, September? Yeah, but then, then 
I don't know. I did we did we at all think that this was going to be like they announced it and pre-orders went on sale and then we got them the next no, month? No, we didn't. But he's saying that the fact that they have pushed it means it's now in question whether it's still coming at this event. And he also talks about some of the concerns that Apple has. Um, well, that was what we were going to get into. Report. Yeah, so this is now the this is this is the second report, and if it means it's not just the New York Times that's saying this now. Now this is Kuo, who is someone who is much more in the sort of sphere of what Apple is doing, and so when he's now saying that as well, and he's talking about a delay, I'm a lot more inclined to believe it. Which is yes. maybe why the headset, uh, it sort of maybe it isn't in the invite. Maybe this is why it's this is this explains it potentially. Well, if that was the case, they shouldn't have created a announcement image that like could look like two different things related to a headset though. <laughs> they really didn't help themselves. But whatever they did, people would have said it was a headset. I yes. think that whatever image they would have done, you could have you could have read into it whatever. They you could want. have had an image of a headset with an X through it and said we're not doing it, and then I guess maybe most of us would be like, I, uh, there's always going to be one guy be like, I don't know, man. I think they're trying to throw us off the off the trail. But uh, yeah, for those of you who are unaware, apparently Apple demoed the mixed reality headset to executives, a hundred executives. Which, by the way, imagine being the 101st executive who did not get invited. Like, how terrible do you feel? I would feel so sad if I was. Also, how many damn executives do they need? A hundred executives? That's a lot, I feel like. So it's the top hundred decision makers. That's how okay. it's put. The yeah. top hundred senior people. And Apple really wanted to enthuse this group of people. And they've they've got hands-on time. Well, not quite hands-on, but they've got they've seen the headset before this. This is not the first time that they have been told about it. Obviously, they know that it's happening. Sure. Um and apparently they this were told was... about it. Well, right back I'm in just, 2018. Right. But apparently, did they already show this to them before? Because the way the report read was that this was a far more significant event that was more polished, glitzy, which is a funny word, and exciting. So it seems like they showed it to him the first time and were like, hey, this is kind of what we're working on, but like, you know, more details to come. And then they made like a big deal out of this at the uh, Steve so Jobs Theater and everything. So apparently the first time when they properly saw it or saw a vision of what was happening was Johnny Ive made a video in 2018 that was like a concept video and it showed a uh, a man in a London taxi going around London and he puts on a headset, goes on a call with his wife and then shows the sights of London to his wife through the headset. Okay. Um, and that's a video that Johnny Ive made as a kind of proof of concept. And then every year since then, these top 100 executives have been shown a little bit more, but it's been shown in a more informal way. Um, they've sort of been uh, light demos of the technologies involved, whereas this was more significant what happened last week because this was like a this was like an internal Apple event. Apparently, it was you know there, there were videos at this thing that were fully edited, you know, serious like marketing videos. It was in the Steve Jobs Theater. It was presented like a mini Apple event. Um, and that is to really get people excited about uh, the, these top 100 executives. They need to be on their game for this. So that's why uh, Apple did it. Well, maybe they should have replaced whoever this guy was with the one that was 101 on the list because whoever said that the device 
Well, there were some thoughts that several of the issues that they basically they were very underwhelmed, which uh, I don't know, man, that's not good. Uh, they said that it lacked a clear killer app. Uh, it will require an external battery that will need to be replaced every couple of hours. And it uses a design that some people deemed uncomfortable, which isn't that the whole reason why there's an external battery pack? That's just the start. Um, uh, there's a lot of issues. So this was a report from the New York Times. Yeah. And it was outlining how a significant number of Apple employees are very worried about what is happening with this headset. And you could say, oh, well, people were worried before the Apple Watch. People were worried before the iPhone. Uh, the they report did bring does that up. make it clear that this was different. Yeah. And it says that the Apple employees have worked on these other devices and have said that this headset has not been led with the same amount of clarity um, as previous projects like the iPhone. Uh, it really feels quite rudderless. And they are concerned. One of the quotes from the report says it's a, it's a problem in need of a, um, it's a solution in a need of a problem. Oh boy. Which uh, is, not a, is not a great start. So it's sort of suggesting that it isn't very useful. What will people really use it for? It's not got a killer app. The ecosystem isn't ready. And then uh, this is also basically what Ming-Chi Kuo was saying today. He was saying it's too heavy. He said that there's been hardware compromises that is not meeting Apple's initial expectations. He said that the ecosystem isn't ready um, and that the software isn't ready. He said that uh, the economic downturn is also making Apple question whether this is the right time to release it. Apparently, he's expecting a price point that could be not just $3,000. He says it could be $4,000 or even more than that. And so people are worried about this. And I think it's normal to have some sort of last minute jitters about any sort of new device. But this is not filling me with uh, with confidence, I have to say. Uh, I feel worse. <laughs> like I just now I'm pretty convinced that it's not happening, which conspiracy theorist in me, maybe they realize this and they're like, all right, guys, new plan with iOS 17, because we need to make this more interesting if we've got nothing else. Um, Perhaps maybe the Mac Pro and the MacBook Air 15-inch now make a make a splash at the event because they've got nothing else to fill that time. I mean, there's plenty of things between the you know four or five operating systems. What is there? TVOS, Apple Watch One, so Watch OS, iOS, iPad OS, Mac. So five, and Home OS. Well, what are, when are they going to make it Home OS? Soon, I hope they yeah. need to when they go on with doing more HomePod devices. So, I mean, there's plenty of content there, but like, you know, when we're all expecting some products in the headset, you need to come out with something. I have to say, on balance, uh, I do still think it's coming. I think, I think it is coming at this event, but okay. I think it's possibly going to be a little bit more mysterious and low-key than it might otherwise have been. So maybe there will be no hands-on. Maybe that's why it's a video. Maybe it will literally be, and one more thing, Here's something we've been working on for a long time. And then you get your little video, you get a glimpse of the design, and then they give you a little taste of some of the things it does. And then they say, we, we're excited to share more later this year. So they they basically, they kind of burst the bubble and then they make people even more excited for when there's an event later in the year. Um, I can see that being how it works. And possibly they could tie that into ARKit and they could then go into... A developer platform for this device and say to developers we need you to do to develop apps for this platform but more information is coming later this year but get started 
Um, and then they could How are they going to get started without any information? Just just figure it out, okay? And then we'll tell you if you're right later. Well, ARKits, they can they okay. can work with ARKits. Um, and so in, in terms of some of the technologies that Apple's already showed off, like room sensing, uh, there would be developers that would be interested if they knew definitively that this platform was coming. Um, and it would, even if it was just, here's how you run iOS apps in a windowed way in a 3D space, um, a load of developers would want to get ready for that. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a full, here's a hour long explanation with demos and here's all the apps and then here's a hands-on um, for all the press. It could just be a little bit a little bit more mysterious. I wouldn't say quieter because they're going to want to make a noise about this thing when it eventually launches, but it could just be a taste. Um, that's kind yeah, of how see. I see it now. I could see that. I just think that's going to be all so disappointing. And then that means we have to keep talking about this headset with like no information. Maybe we'll have a little bit more, but I don't know. It just seems like a nightmare to me. It is concerning. It is concerning that there's this level of concern and level of worry. And apparently this is not just Apple employees um, that are you know developers or engineers. This extends up the leadership hierarchy uh, and apparently people have been fired for it not for not meeting certain goals with some of the headsets functions uh, others have voluntarily left apple because they just think the headset is going nowhere uh, so it does just seem to get worse and we kind of need there to be a report now from one of the big guys in the apple world to come out and say no the headset's solid the headset people are love, love using it inside Apple, uh, and to really give some confidence because it's not it's not sounding good. Even Mark Gurman has basically stepped away from saying that it will do gaming on the whole, as far as I can remember from his recent reports, and he's now mainly just talking about how it does video calls, and that this uh, application which they are calling. Uh, not cohabitation, it's something like co-presence, I think it was. Um, that will be the main function of the headset. But no wonder they're calling that a solution without a problem. Because no one had that problem. To be... we're, we're doing co-presence now. Why do I yeah. need a headset to do that? I will say, you need to buy the headset. And we need to do a, like an episode with the headset on. That would be fun. It would be interesting. It, I don't know if it would be fun, but it would be interesting. I mean, uh, I don't know if I could keep that thing on for an hour. I mean, the well, battery would probably die without hip-mounted battery packs. Swap out for another one. That's the that's just the detail that I cannot get over. I just can't get over it. And it's still heavy. It's still uncomfortable. And you removed the battery. Well, it's made of carbon fiber, doing? apparently. So I don't know. I'm, How I is don't it heavy? Why it's so heavy. That's like um, the epitome of material that's used for like showing off how light things are. It's like, oh, it's carbon carbon fiber. Look how light it is. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I've, well, un I've underwhelmed you. I've disappointed you. I mean, blame Ming Chi Kuo. Blame Ming Chi Kuo. Yeah, he's, I guess I should have read. Sealed the deal on this now. I was too busy installing this orange backdrop behind me that <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't read the the latest article that came out this morning. But now I'm sad because I was. I mean, I still wasn't fully convinced that it's it's. I mean, I I was way more convinced than ever that WWDC is the time. But 
like the the image yesterday didn't really make me feel like oh it's for sure coming like a lot of people were saying uh and now you drop this report i went from like a 80 percent confidence level to like a 40 percent confidence level so i think the thing with it is that kind of as i say that it might just be a more mysterious presentation i think we just need to maybe recalibrate our expectations of the device itself um i think that it may truly be presented as a professional tool that is for uh, engineers and designers and architects that work with 3D models. Um, and it is pretty exclusively designed for them and for people that want to edit uh, VR videos. That was I mean, another I, function described. I, I tried out, but like... Yeah, with hand gestures, editing well, the whole thing with like pinch like, gestures. Okay, all right. Now we'll cut that out. We don't want that. Like a, That's weird. That's where all the Final Cut development's gone, maybe. <laughs> well, it hasn't certainly gone into Final Cut. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, that's well, another apparently thing. Apparently, it's, it's Apple's app. Apple's done a video editing app. So is it iMovie or is it Final Cut? If this headset gets Final Cut with hand gestures before, before the iPad, an iPad, I'm going to lose gonna my mind. that's going to send a lot of people over the edge. I can't even. You're just, yeah, you're just I'm taking just so all this sad. in now. I'm just so sad. It would be but, really funny, though. It would be really funny if it did have iMovie. <laughs> like, yeah. Here's this really cool tool, man. It's for super professional, $3,000, $4,000, you know, and you can edit in iMovie. Well, there are going to be some movies on it as well. Uh, some Apple TV like pre-installed. shows made for VR. Yeah. So it's uh, John Favreau is working on a series. The whole thing is shot in VR for 3d space so that's quite interesting that's yeah, going to be, be cool. a new experience something that people don't have at the moment and with apple tv's production values you're actually going to get some proper high production content um but taking place in complete 3d space around you which i think is interesting uh it's not three four five thousand dollars worth no. for me um but, but that's still i just can't believe they ignored gaming they own Apple Arcade, you have a whole library of games created specifically for your platform. And I would never buy a $4,000, $3,000, even a $500 headset specifically for AR gaming, but a lot of people would. And then you can still use that. It doesn't have to be the main feature, but you can still have that to fall back on and be like, oh, by the way, here's what makes this different than every other AR gaming headset. You can do co-presence or whatever it was called. You can, you know, edit videos with your hands using Final Cut Hand. That's what we're going to call it. Uh, I don't know, man. It should still have some games. should still have some gaming features. But I think it's going to be a lot more like Apple Arcade in the experience that gives you, say, on the Mac, where you feel like this is not for serious gaming. Um, what's the it would be like mobile game type <laughs> games what's the game minesweeper is that what it's called yeah, yeah that's what i want on it yeah that's yeah. that's what i think you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot Hell of these yeah. sort of uh it's, mobile game solitaire experiences <laughs> because there's no controller that's that's the killer there's no controller so it's going to be more limited and apple just has not invested significantly in gaming i mean the fact that the the, the state of gaming on the mac tells you everything you need to know about 
how Apple views gaming. Um, and I think it would have been a surprise if they'd launched this with AAA games right out of the gate. Um, Man, so, Just a quick side topic. Not even a topic. We don't have to talk about this. It's just a comment. If Apple was to get into gaming, I mean, they would, they could potentially just end a lot of Windows manufacturers, Windows PC manufacturers. Like, just think about being able to game on a Mac Studio with the with the um, amount of power that's in there, and if it could run somehow AAA titles uh, to its fullest potential, and you have a great potential, you know, editing. So I know there's going to be a lot of people in there that, well, I don't know how many people listen to this and own gaming PCs or primarily PC users, but like there's still going to be people with preferences. I get that, but I feel like a lot of people would buy a Mac and have a Mac only if they could game like proper gaming. I just don't understand why they don't do it. It's not a hardware issue anymore. No. I mean, when we were, when we had the, I don't know, like the 2016 MacBook pro that doubled as a space heater Mm -hmm. uh, with its Intel processor, then I understand why we were talking about it as a hardware issue, but now it's just an ecosystem issue. Apple just needs to build a platform. Like they've got Apple arcade, but they need to support AAA developers um in not just pausing over their games but get some exclusives you do it for apple tv it could not possibly be that hard i mean i just don't they care they just don't care why it's not like gaming is a i mean i'd i'd argue that gaming is probably right up there in the amount of revenue generated maybe more def i don't know i'm just kind of saying things without really knowing the data behind (laughs) it but like like, think about how much money people continue to spend on a game. How much money do people spend on a movie? Or you're yeah. paying for your platform monthly. I mean, I guess you're just constantly getting that revenue as opposed to, like, having to create something and then drop it. But, like, I don't know. When I was playing Call of Duty every single day, sadly, for the last two years and was, like, buying things, on a, I spent a lot of money. And that's just one game. Imagine the people out there who are playing a bunch of those games where they're downloading and making those microtransactions. Like, I feel like there's got to be a lot more revenue there than some of the shows that they're producing. And Apple's spending an eye-watering amount of money on Apple TV at this point. Last week, it was reported that Apple is now upping their spend just on movies, not TV shows, movies, to a billion dollars a year. And they are also putting movies in theaters with distributors which means they're working with third parties that's yeah which is you know that that is an example of they are having to work with other companies to handle the marketing and the distribution so why can they not work with game studios in the same way they don't need to spend a billion dollars to do that i'm sure those game studios would very much welcome them into the into the conversation too uh that's a lot of devices and users and people on your games so i don't i don't know man i just think there's a lot to be wasted there and 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 by the way i'm not saying apple tv should stop because it is a great platform in terms of some of the shows that have been out there i mean i i found a lot of good shows on that compared to some other ones so and for how you know young the platform is the service there's been so many good shows but maybe one day we should end the do you watch a lot of tv or no well, I, I don't really, but 
I, it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a confession. I don't know if I should say it on the podcast, but oh, no. uh, do you not I, own a TV? Actually, no, but I well I do, but I have not watched any Apple Co- TV Plus. What? All right, we had a we had a we had a bonus. Con- By the way, if you're if you're no longer interested in any of this, you could just the, the podcast over. We were we had a bonus topic, but this is way more interesting to me, and so I would like to talk about this. You okay. haven't watched you haven't watched any of the series on Apple TV Plus. No, not one. You haven't watched Severance yet. No. What I haven't watched one you episode. Say? You've watched one episode? I haven't watched one episode of any of Apple anything. TV Plus shows. Why? No. Are you do you not do you are you well, do you have the platform? You pay yes. for it, right? And you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I I think that so I haven't watched a whole lot of TV generally. In okay. the last few years, I have I have watched things that I've been invested in. So I've watched things like Succession, Better Call Saul, some so of these good. big series that yeah. you know people love. I, you know, I still love them. I still find the time to watch those. Um, but Apple TV, when it launched, I was kind of strangely grumpy about it. Why? Because they they did that. Do you remember they did that media event? Yeah, that was where... really that was really interesting. Yeah. Well, oh, was, I have a. I, I did, I have a different reason to be grumpy about that, which I will tell you about afterwards because I definitely cannot tell you about it on the podcast. But just know it's one of the most insane things I have ever heard from a PR person's mouth. That's all I'll say. But I'm I'm intrigued. Um, Yeah, I feel like I told you this before, but we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, So yeah, I saw this this event, um, and this was the one where. Uh, Apple and Tim Cook just kept trotting out his his Oprah, his <laughs> Steve Carell, his Jennifer Aniston, um, and I was just I, I know that's what we were we were we were going for, but I just kind of thought is is that it? Um, and the series did not impress me with the way that they were initially presented. Now I appreciate these series are all out, all out, are all out now, but I'm trying to tell you what I was thinking uh, when it first launched. You need to and put all that felt, behind you. They did not look good to me. And it's not that they looked bad. It's that they looked bland. Okay. They looked generic. So the first few things that they launched with, I would maybe listen to you and say, okay, I I hear you. I will admit. I watched the first season of The Morning Show, and I thought it was really good. Like, really good. I started the second season, and for some reason, my interest level... Like, I still like the show, and I, the cast of characters are all incredible. But, I don't know, I haven't finished it yet. And so, I don't know, That's my interest level... Sometimes I do this. Uh, I don't usually, because I have, like, anxiety for something I really enjoy. I want to, like, be able to be caught up with people. Uh, but, for some reason, I started the first episode. It wasn't that great to me. And then I, like, there were so many other things to watch that I moved on to something else. And I feel bad about that. And Servant is another one of those um, where the first season was so good. And even the second season was really good, but I'm like effectively two seasons behind now. Um, And it's just mostly because of time. Like there were some other things that I enjoyed more and I just haven't been able to go back to it. I will go back to that one. I might go back to the morning show, but those were like the first few. I didn't watch the Oprah show. I also have not watched a single Apple TV movie. So I will say that. I don't okay. really like to watch a lot of movies in general. Uh, if I do watch movies, it's either like a movie with a small group of actors, uh, like a comedy that I enjoy. So like Paul Rudd, like anything that those guys are in, 
you know, Seth Rogen. Like, I'll watch those, but they, they haven't done anything. Um, but the TV shows, I mean, dude, you have to get on Severance. Like, it's quite possibly one of the best shows, along with Succession, that I have watched ever. If you like Succession, I, I, I mean, these told. are, like, not related at all. But if you like the level of which the writing is so good, the production, the way it's shot, everything, the acting... Like it, they're both hand, they're not the same at all, but they're both the same in terms of the quality. So, go watch that. Well, Severance is the one that people tell me to watch the most often. Like I'm, I'm about to tell Arnold that you're not doing any more work for the rest of oh, today no. and tomorrow, and you're going to just <laughs> watch it. What else do you, if I, we remove work from you? What else are you doing for the day for today and tomorrow? Nothing. Well, considering that you know this is a podcast. I genuinely listen to more time. I use more time listening to podcasts than I do TV. Stop listening it's because <laughs> it's because you get you 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 don't listen to your podcast for like a week or something, and then you suddenly have like a hundred more podcasts in your queue. So yeah, that's so here's, how I end up. So here's the thing: people are probably going to yell at me about uh, if most of the podcasts that I listen to, they're usually pretty topical. Not like, I mean, I could probably get away with it, but I just don't like being behind on things. So yeah. I will not revisit something or start like I won't I will not start a piece of content like a TV show or, you know, I've never watched Friends like all the way through. Uh, and that's like a big series that everybody loves. And uh, because it's so old and outdated now, I feel like in my head, even though I grew up in that time period, that I wouldn't like the, the humor and the style and the comedy like oh, it's just no. outdated to me. You know, the 90s and the early 2000s look totally different. It's than, so popular now. It's like more popular now than I know. And was. I have no interest in starting it now. So that's my mentality. So the same applies with podcasts. Even if I'm a week off, I will very, maybe a week I can do. But if I'm a, like a month off, I will very rarely go back and listen. Because like it's old, it's, it's, too, it's old news. I don't want to like, I want to talk about the current stuff, even though I'm not in the one talking, uh, you know, but in the car. So here's my favorite thing that I've done. Uh, you know, Succession has a Succession podcast. There's, you know, The Ringer, I believe, does it with Bill Simmons and all of them. Like, and they talk about, and that's so much more fun to me to be able to watch the show and then go and listen to the podcast afterwards and like listen to what other people think about it. Um, so, what you're saying is we need to get some people to talk about our podcast after mm -hmm. we finish recording. No, I think we need to make another podcast where you watch all of these Apple TV Plus shows that are really highly... You know what? No. You need to do homework. You need to watch at least one episode of an Apple TV Plus series. And I will say that I am biased, and you need to pick from these three. You need to do Severance. That's the top of the list. But if you don't feel like being confused or you know thinking real hard or having to pay attention, you need to do Severance. Uh, I just wrapped up Shrinking, which was incredible. Ted Lasso. There's going to be more than three. I know I said three, but there's going to be more. Blackbird was amazing. Uh, man, I need the list in front of me. There's more than this. Well, Servant's good. Morning Show's good. Well, anyways, you need to, you need to do this. And then we'll at least watch one episode. And then next week, at the end of our episode, we will talk about it. Just briefly. Oh, no. 
Yeah. Because this is the thing is like, I'm getting quite stubborn now because now I've now no, I've held well, off for so long and everyone expects me because I'm I'm writing about Apple TV plus I'm reporting on Apple all day every day. Dude, how have everyone you not seen Ted Lasso? Me. Ted Lasso? Oh, it's just I don't know. I, t- I, t- I tell you the other thing that it got me it got me and it gets me with Ted Lasso um, is I feel like Apple TV plus a lot of its shows are very uh, U.S. centric, and Ted uh, Lasso. True. Yeah, a lot. And, yeah. and you know, I am I'm in the UK, and Ted Lasso is is mostly set in the UK, and so it's like a U.S. cultural perspective on the UK, which is all the not... more reason for you to watch it. <laughs> I, I get enough cultural perspectives on the UK at Matt Kruvers. Yeah, but. Now I need to know what you think of our thoughts on you guys <laughs> and how we portray. It's it's the same feeling you get from Disney. That's how it feels. It's like what do you mean? Really like optimistic, um, like romanticized. There is like an Americanized worldview, and that is how a lot of the Apple TV stuff feels. In when I just watch the trailers, um, it's enough that I can feel it, and I can feel okay. This one is is like Disneyfied. Um, so the morning show feels like that. Ted Lasso feels like that. S- um, Servant doesn't. Um, well, Servant. Uh, no, sorry, no, Se- Severance. Severance oh, doesn't. Severance. Um, uh, Severance doesn't, which is why I would be more inclined to watch right, that then, one. But then watch that one. Like, watch that one. Yeah, and that's the one I hear the good reviews about. The others have had some mixed reviews, like Shrinking. Oh, I've no, no, no. Reviews. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so, good. So, so here's the thing about Shrinking. Um, I love Jason Siegel. I would watch anything that he's in for the most and part. And he loves us, man. He loves us. He does us, love us. He does. Although, I don't know. Is it enough to get him on this podcast? But if you... Uh, he doesn't go on social media, so you can't really, like... He has social media presence, but he does not use it. So... Well, he probably I was going to say everybody show. should just so like go and if tag you're listening, him. We would love to have you on. I don't think he goes on Mac Rumors as much. For those of you who don't know, I don't know if we said this before, but Jason Siegel once in, is it the bonus? It's the extra, like the DVD commentary. Jason Siegel once said on the bonus commentary for Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I believe. He was talking to Mila Kunis about something and I don't remember the exact interaction, but it was something about their like, Mac or iPad or iPhone. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. So they there's a there's a Mac in the movie. Yeah. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying oh yeah, Jason knows all about Macs. Yeah. Um, and he says, well, that's just because I read I read Mac rumors every yeah. day. It's tomorrow's Mac news today. Well, I knew it was coming out. Oh, yeah. right. Based on the preview release of Leopard. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first day of shooting. You're a fan of Mac rumor, right? Really? I love MacRumors.com. Yeah. <gasps> what? MacRumors.com. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's what tomorrow's is, is Mac this? news today. Oh, <laughs> it's Jason's. Jason has a blog about ever- Macs. Jason has a deal with. <laughs> yeah, he said um, the t- the tagline, which by the way, at that time had no idea that was our like slogan. Was that still? Do we still use that as a tagline? I I, I don't even know. Um, but mm. I will correct you on one thing about this story, Dan, which is, it's not a fleeting mention. He has mentioned Mac Rumors like two or three times. That's really? how much he, he loves us. Yeah, I've only heard, I've only known of the one. He was promoting a book like five years ago. It wasn't that long ago, Dude. and 
he talked about his love for technology and how he just reads Mac rumors every day. Then come so, on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The chance of him listening to this is quite high. I don't think it's quite high, but I think he doesn't strike me as a I have time to listen to podcast type. But if he goes on Mac rumors every day, that's true. And he loves Do you us really think he goes on every times. day still? Yeah, because this interview was from not that long ago. All right. All right. Well, then we should post a story that says, Dear Jason Siegel, please <laughs> come on the Mac Rumors podcast. And I'm not even saying that I like, even before I knew that I was such a big fan, like those are my favorite like actor comedians um, or actors that are in primarily comedies. So like Jason Siegel, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, like all of those guys, Paul Rudd, like they're all amazing. I'll watch anything that they're in. Uh, and I don't care if everybody thinks the, the movie's bad. Chances are I am so biased towards them that I will like it. But like, I think shrinking is still really good, even if you don't like them. But there's just so many things. So that's your homework. I'll give you what, what realistically, how much time. And you're, you're put on blast now. So for those five people that are still listening to this at the end here, uh, I want you to hold Hartley accountable. I want you to go to Twitter oh, right no. now and tell him that he needs to watch one episode of Severance by... When is this feasible for you? It's an hour long. <sighs> Give me like a year, maybe? A year. Get to it. Dude, if you're not done in the next two weeks, I'm going to be upset. Well, I will I will put it in my up next <laughs> and I will get to it. All right. I'm going to end this podcast because we've gone way too long about stuff that people don't care about. Or maybe they do. But um, yeah, we'll catch you guys uh, in the next one.